Okay. Well, good morning. How are you guys today? I appreciate you, yeah, battling the elements and coming out this morning. So, uh, but we're going to study anyway. We're two or three are gathered together. There, the Lord said he's in the midst. And, and uh, so open your Bibles, if you will, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we will continue. Appreciate everyone's work this morning and coming out and fighting through the snow and appreciate you coming out today. Let's, uh, let's begin with prayer, okay? Father, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you for the privilege of prayer and God, how we can come to you with any need or, uh, or trouble or request or petition on our heart and, and God, you hear and you answer our prayers and Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your promise that you never leave us nor forsake us, that you're always with us. And, and Father, we've, we just want to feel your presence here today, and we want to uh, leave here knowing that, that we've met with you today. And Father, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts as we are assembled together uh, to study your word this morning. And God, we're, we're small in number, but I appreciate these that have come out. And Father, I pray a special blessing on them for uh, just putting forth an extra effort um, just to come out today and, and be involved in, in your service and your worship and your study. Uh, I pray that you'd open up our hearts and our minds and, and help us to receive your word. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> in this entire chapter we've been talking about um, the Christian's church. And, and Paul gives us several different uh, elements of that church. He talks about the church, first of all, being a family. And we see that in verses 1 down through verse number 4. Uh, and the goal of that family is to mature. And he talks about the Word of God as food that we're to feast on and eat on, that we may mature, that we may grow up and become more spiritually mature. Uh, the second thing we see in verses 5 through 9, which we finished up last week, uh, we see the church as a field. And we see the Word of God there as the seed that is planted in the field. And the goal, of course, is quantity. Uh, to, to reap a harvest, to plant the seed and someone water and, and someone plant and someone come along and, and harvest. And, and so the, the goal there is to, is to plant the seed, which is the Word of God, and grow the church. The third thing we're going to see that he mentions is that the church is a temple. And in this temple, the goal of the temple is, is, is quality. And there's a right and a wrong way to build a church. And that's what Paul is unpacking for us here in the latter part of chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. Now, I'll get into it in just a moment, but you've got to understand, why is Paul writing this letter? Matter of fact, who is he writing the letter to? The Corinth. He's writing the letter to the church. Actually, it's churches. It was house churches. Uh, there's a lot of... Um, Maybe what we could relate to better as as small groups, but there were there were house churches throughout the whole area, and, and that made up the church at Corinth that would come together, uh, which was a very large body of believers. But he was writing to the church at Corinth. Okay, why was he writing to the church at Corinth? Because there were some divisions there. There were they were carnal. They were. Uh, they jumped on the personality train and, and they were following this man and some were following this man and some were following this man and, and they missed the entire purpose of why we come together and 
whenever we do come together, we come for one reason, and that's to glorify the God and, and to worship Him. They had lost that focus, and they turned very inward and very personality-driven uh, within that church. Paul's trying to bring them back on track. The reason I'm saying all this is because sometimes, and I'm going to show you in just a moment in the latter part of chapter 3, sometimes we'll take, from verses 5 down, we'll take that and we'll make that applicable to the individual. And there is great application that is there. But we want to stick in this study with interpretation, uh, with biblical interpretation. In other words, it means one thing. When God wrote his word, the interpretation of it is meant to be one thing. There's many applications we can apply to it. But as far as biblical interpretation, it's one. And he's writing to the church <clears throat> as, a, <clears throat> as a whole. So the usual explanation of verses um, 9 down through verse number 23 is to the individual. And that's how a lot of people apply that. And it's a great application. But the interpretation is to the church. Okay, So I want you to keep that in mind as Paul is writing. He's writing this to the church. So let's look in our Bibles in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading in the in the latter part of verse number nine, where he says that you are God's building. Uh, you see, in verse number nine, he says you're God's fellow workers or laborers. That means you come together in fellowship as a family and you work. You are God's field. The second application of the church there. The third part, he says in verse number nine, you are God's building, and we are God's temple, and <clears throat> that's what we're going to see in verse ten and following. It says, "By the grace God has given me." I laid a foundation as an expert builder, <clears throat> and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, and costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, <clears throat> his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring, bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and fire will be will test the quality of each man's work. There's our goal once again, okay? That's what we're pulling this out of. Um, the, the church is a temple. The goal is quality. And it's going to be tested. It's going to be tried. And we're going to test and see what the quality of the church and the temple, temple is. Um, <clears throat> if what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, in verse 15, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved but only as one escaping through the flames. Verse 16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God would destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are the temple. Verse 18, do not deceive yourselves. If anyone of you thinks he is wise by the standards of this, this age, he should become a fool so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then no man or no more boasting about men. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, which we know to be Peter, or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours and you are Christ and Christ is God. Okay, so once again, I want you to understand the, the interpretation Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he's writing on how they are to build the church on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Thank you very much, Stephen. How they are to build <clears throat> the foundation on the Lord Jesus 
Jesus Christ. So he, he's, he's concerned about the building of the church at Corinth. As a matter of fact, some of the results of what they're getting is a, is a pretty good indication that now they're building with wood, hay, and stubble that we're going to see in just a moment and not gold and silver and precious stones. So he's concerned about the quality uh, of this temple, this church that is being built. So once again, I want you to understand that as we read this many times, and we have even taken this and used it as application, and we apply it to the individual and our own personal works and our own gifts that God has given us and how our own works will be. You know, we will be judged. Every single one of us, our our sins have already been judged. And where were they judged? They were judged on the cross. But we as Christians will, will face judgment one day as well when we stand before the Lord. And we're going to be judged there not on whether we're saved or not. That took place here whenever we accepted Christ as our personal Savior. And the judgment of our sin took place on the cross. And we've been redeemed. But every one of us will stand before God as an individual and be judged. But the church also will be judged. And that's, that's the context of what Paul is writing about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and 20, a few chapters over, there you'll see it's, it's more of the individual believer where he talks about you now are the temple of God and how we need to take care of our bodies and, and uh, because we're the temple of the Holy, Holy Spirit. But within this context, and that's the point I'm just trying to drive home right now before we go any farther, within this context of Scripture in chapter 3, he's talking about the church as a whole collectively together how they are building the church at at Corinth and then in verse number 13 there's the the passage of scripture where we see that judgment's coming for every single one of us on how how we have built our own personal lives and even how we have built uh, the church so the point is this God is concerned with how we're building his church right and so so the we see that the temple here is the church and the goal is that we build it in a way that God is pleased with it. And therefore, there's going to be a few types of materials that we're going to have to incorporate into the building of the church in order that God will be pleased when the church is judged so that God will be pleased. There's some, some right material that we're going to have to use. And that's what I want to talk with you about uh, just briefly this morning. Look in verse number 10 and verse number 11. If we're going to build a church... Whenever it's judged by God and it's pleasing unto him and the ultimate goal is a church that is, that is built with, with great um, quality, then we're going to have to have the right foundation, right? I mean, the foundation of any structure determines the size, it, it determines how large it's going to get, it determines the shape of it, but more importantly, it determines the strength of it. You look at something that's not on a right foundation and after a period of time of bearing the elements of the storms and everything that comes about and to and fro, it will judge the strength of that particular structure. Would you agree? So the foundation is very, very important. The same is true in the church. Listen, as a church, we're going to face some storms, if you will. We're going to have some valley experiences. We're going to have some hard places to get through as a body of believers, But you know what's really being put to test there? The foundation. So we've got to start building our church, and I believe we already have, but we've got to see that the most important thing is our foundation. Look, if you will, in verse number 10 and 11. That's what Paul is drawing uh, to the focus, to the forefront of the mind of the church at Corinth. Look what he says in verse 10 and 11. By the grace God has given me, 
I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful. Get that now. Each one be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now understand, Paul says, you remember back in the first of the the book, uh, Paul says, hey, when I came into your presence, I claimed to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Remember when Paul said that? And that, that's what Paul was laying as the foundation at the church at Corinth. And look what he's, look what he's reminding these, these believers at, at Corinth. You remember how, how they had lost their focus and they had become very personality driven? Look what he says in verse number 10. He said, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. Now the foundation is Jesus Christ. That's what he tells us in the, in verse number 11. He said, the foundation that I have laid is the foundation of Jesus Christ. And these other men, Apollos, Cephas, myself, all we're all building on that foundation. But look what he says. Look what he says in the latter part of verse number, or verse number 10. But each one should be careful how he builds. You see, the church at Corinth, they were all coming together, and, and it, was a, it was a vibrant ministry that they had there. But they started, instead of building the foundation on Jesus Christ, now they got their focus on men. And that's why I said earlier, it became a very personality-driven church. There were some that loved the teachings of Paul better than they did of Paul. Now, they were preaching and teaching the same thing, but the style was a little different. Paul was probably, and I just visualize, and I don't really know this, but I imagine Paul being a very dramatic preacher. I mean, just at a whim, he could just just drop the hat and preach. And Apollos came along, and he was he may have been a little bit more. Um, although I'm not saying that Paul was not very intellectual, but but Apollos may have spoken with a more intellect type of presentation. Peter's just an old saved fisherman to come along, you know? I mean, he's real rough and gruff, and he had his personality, and he had his style. And you know what? All of those are going to reach out and touch the hearts of different people groups in a city as large as Corinth. There were going to be some that were going to naturally, because of Peter's style, and because of his upbringing, and because of his experience, and because of him just being a, a fisherman, there were going to be people in the, in the common labor force that could identify with Peter maybe more than Apollos or Paul. But then there were going to be some of the very intellectuals of Corinth that could identify maybe a little bit better with Apollos because he, he tracked in their way of thinking, if you will. And of course, some identified with Paul. But Look what Paul is saying. He's saying, be careful, guys, how you're building. There's evidence to prove that these individuals now were not building on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Paul said, that's the foundation I laid. When I came through there, I declared to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the foundation I laid. But now you guys are building and be careful how you build. And we know through the previous scriptures that we've studied in this book, in this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, that now they're building on personalities. The Corinthians were emphasizing the personalities of Paul and Peter, which is Cephas, and Apollos, when they should have been glorifying the Lord. Would you agree? 
And that's what Paul is trying to bring out to their attention and to their minds. So the foundation, how do we lay the foundation of Jesus Christ? How do we do that? Anybody got an idea? How do we lay a foundation of Jesus Christ? Somebody say the word? The word? The word. What, what is the word? Well, you remember as we were going through the previous chapters, what is our goal? What is our purpose? What, why are we even here? What is the mystery that we just unpacked in chapter 2? The gospel. The gospel message of Jesus Christ. Whenever we are preaching the gospel message, whenever we're teaching the doctrines of the word of God and we're preaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ, that's laying that foundation. He is the chief cornerstone of the church and even of our lives. And so whenever we are preaching the gospel and proclaiming the gospel, there we're laying the foundation. And when we lay the right foundation, then God can certainly build on that and bless that. And we've got to understand that it's very, very, very important that we build on the proper foundation. And I think we need to take heed as well to the writings of Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, when he wrote to the church at Corinth. And he said, take heed how you build. Be very careful what you're building on. Because time and trials and trouble and heartache and persecution and attacks and things that that come on a church, it eventually tell what type of foundation it is. Whether it would continue on through all of those different times and, and still be successful, but if it's not built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, those ministries and those churches will eventually crumble They'll eventually fall, they'll eventually collapse, they'll eventually disappear. Um, and you probably uh, maybe could have, may know some like that. I personally do. Uh, that I, I know a particular ministry that was very personality driven uh, back home in, in our area and had a dynamic preacher. I mean, one of the best preachers I have ever heard. But he had, a, he had such charisma and such such dynamics in his preacher. I mean, in his preaching, he could just draw a crowd with his preaching and drew a very large crowd. Matter of fact, this particular ministry, they were running about 1,800. But you know what? The church was built around this one man. And when this one man stumbled and fell, the church stumbled and fell. And now it's... it's like, what, what happened? Pretty good evidence. It was built on the wrong foundation hello we got to make sure that the foundation of victory church just like the foundation at corinth that paul laid is built on the person of jesus christ so we got to build on the right foundation the second element in these materials that we must put in place in order to have a a building that is glorifying to the lord and a building that produces uh, a building that's built with great quality. The second thing, we must build with the right materials. Look what he says in verses 12 down through verse number 17. Look what he says here. He says, If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives... He will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping 
through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Now he's talking about the church. Now he's bringing it to the individual. He's going to bring it back to the church. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. I want you to see where Paul is describing two different kinds of material in this, in this building up of the church. Look what he says. He said there's gold and there's silver and there's precious or costly stones. And then he said there is wood and there is hay and there is straw. You know what you have, and I kind of broke it down a little bit. When, whenever you have this gold and silver and precious stones or costly stones, you have something that's permanent. You have something that's beautiful. You have something that's valuable. And you have something that's hard to obtain. Whenever you have wood, hay, and straw or stubble, you have something that's passing, you have something that's temporary, you have something that's ordinary, you have something that's, I would use the word even ugly, you have something that's cheap, and you have something that's very easy to obtain. But what did Paul mean whenever he was, whenever he used these as symbols of choice of material? And here's what I think he's not talking about. First of all, I do not think he's talking about people. Whenever he's talking about these different types of stones or wood, hay, and stubble, I do not believe he's talking about people. I personally believe he's talking about the doctrines of the Word of God. And guys, it's very, it's very important that we study God's Word, the, the entire context of God's Word, and it's very important that we study out the doctrines of the Word. If you remember in this particular chapter alone, in this particular chapter alone in chapter 3, Paul gives us three different symbols of the word. Now, I believe this. Whenever we are building on on gold and silver and precious stones, then we're building on the word of God. Whenever we're building on wood and hay and stubble, then we're building on personalities or we're building on man, which eventually, whenever it's tried by fire, whenever it's tried at at the judgment of God, It's going to be burned up. It's going to be consumed because the motives were wrong. But when we are building on the word of God, the foundation of Jesus Christ, the word of God, then we're building on gold and silver and precious stones. We're building on something that's permanent. We're building on something that will last. We're building on something that's very valuable. We're building on something that will glorify the Lord. And how do we do that? We do that by digging out the doctrines of the word of God. I love the passage of scripture where Paul says, he said, I did not, I did not hold back anything from you. I declared the whole counsel of God to you. As a matter of fact, in Galatians, he says, have I become your enemy because I have told you the truth? Wow. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but sometimes people just don't like the truth. And sometimes whenever you declare the truth, Sometimes you'll become someone's enemy. And that's what happened at Paul in the churches where he would go and plant and start. And and then he would start declaring the truth and some would turn on him. And he said, have I now become your enemy? Because I declare unto you the truth. But you know what? God's pleased with that. That's gold and silver and precious stones. Whenever we're building and declaring the truth of the word of God. So I believe these, these choice stones that he mentions are, are the doctrines of the Word of God. If you remember this passage of Scripture in chapter 3, he, he reveals the Word of God in three different pictures for us. 
He talks about the Word of God, how it's food for the family in verses 1 through 4. He talks about the Word of God, how it's seed for the field in verses 5 through 9. And now he's talking about the Word of God on how it's materials for the temple that's being built. And everything in our lives needs to be built off and in and through the Word of God. You know what, guys? We need to seek the wisdom of God and not necessarily the wisdom of man. Would you agree? In, in this particular passage, in, in the life at, at the church at Corinth, they were really starting to lean heavily on man, the personalities of men, the wisdom of man, and some of the, the strategies of man. And they got away from the things of God. The result was... There was envy and jealousy and strife and difficulty among them. Why? They lost their focus. They weren't building on the right foundation. They started building on the things of, of man, the things of the world instead of the things of God. We're to seek after God as precious stones. Seek after as, as those golden nuggets and gems that are in the Word of God. We're to seek after the doctrines of the Word of God. And we're to find time to dig deep into the Word of God, to dig those doctrines out for ourselves. And whenever we're doing that, we're then building on the right foundation, which is the foundation of Jesus Christ. Let me share a few passages of Scripture with you in, in, in the book of Proverbs. And I want you to turn there and maybe jot, jot these down on how we're to seek out these great treasures of wisdom that only comes from God. I want you to turn first off, you will please, to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Let me get my ribbon in here so I don't have to search again for that. Proverbs chapter 3. I want you to look at verse 13 through verse number 15. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. The Bible says this, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom. The man who gains understanding. For she, and that's talking about wisdom, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. We're to seek after God's wisdom that only comes in and through his words. Look, just next chapter, Proverbs chapter 2. Go back a chapter. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 1 down through verse number 5. And this is Solomon, the, the wisest man that ever lived. Look what he said. He said, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it, what is it? Wisdom. If you look for that wisdom, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. There's another passage of Scripture in Proverbs chapter 8. Just turn over there if you will, please. Proverbs chapter number 8 in verse 10 and 11. He says, choose my instructions or my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies. And nothing you desire can compare with her. The problem with the church at Corinth, they were seeking to build the church on man's wisdom. They had become very, very personality driven. They had gotten away from the foundation of Jesus Christ. Gotten away from seeking the wisdom of God. 
and they had, they had fallen into the, the temptation and the snares of the day to desire the wisdom of man, even the approval of man. And they fell into that snare. Listen, guys, we are to search out the wisdom of God. We're, we're to go on a, on a man hunt or a, or a ruby hunt or a gem hunt every single day in the Word of God. I know my pastor used to tell me years ago, and he, he liked to use the, the term golden nuggets. And I would, I would come up and I would see him and he'd say, he'd say, John, have you found a golden nugget today? Have you found a golden nugget today? And at first I didn't really understand what he was talking about. And then I got to realize, hey, he's wanting to know what truths I had dug out in God's Word. And then I kind of felt bad if I didn't have a golden nugget to share with him. I felt like I wasn't studying like I should. And, and so therefore I tried to make it a point every time I'd come into his presence to have a golden nugget. Not some new profound truth, but just the truth that I dug out in the Word of God. Are you digging out those golden nuggets? Are you searching the scriptures for the wisdom and the truth of God? What golden nuggets are you mining today? What are you digging out? What did you find last week? Listen, guys, I'm not talking about new revelation. There is no new revelation. It's, it's full and it's complete. There's, there's no new revelation or prophecies given today. Because we have the full canon of Scripture. It's all right here. Okay? So get in there and mine those things out. And dig those golden nuggets out and look for that precious wisdom that only comes from from god god's interested in quality he's interested in quantity as well he wants to see the church grow that's where he used the analogy in chapter three about the seed and how we're to plant it in the fields and we're to water it and we're to bring in the harvest but he's also interested in how we're doing that we got to make sure we're doing it properly on the foundations of the word of god guys do do you think it's a serious thing in building god's church you think it's pretty serious? I mean, he's not only concerned with it growing, but he's concerned with how it's growing. And by the way, every single one of us one day will stand, and the church one day will stand before God. And we will be judged on how we have built this church. Look in verse 16 and 17 of chapter 3, 1 Corinthians. He says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? And if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. You know what I think Paul is saying here? I I think Paul is saying that each of us builds, within the context of this scripture, that each of us builds into the church what we build into our own lives. I think it's very careful how we're building our own lives. Because really, how we're building our own lives is what we're building into the church. We're all come together as a church family. And do you know this as well? That our church is only as strong as the weakest family and member that makes it up. Just like a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, our church is only as strong as the weakest family. And so whenever we look at the strength of our church... Wisdom tells us we must look and try to search out the weakest one. And if we want our church to get stronger, we must pour ourselves into those that are weak to bring them to maturity and strength 
so that collectively we can become strong. Does that make sense? So look, look for those opportunities that God will give you to pour your life into someone, to invest into someone, to, to counsel someone, to share God's word and God's doctrines with someone. Because as you're growing them up, you are building, you're building the church. Let me, let me share one other thing with you here. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 5. Look what he says. And I want you to, I want you to take heed of this verse. Paul is saying, we'll, we'll unpack this later when we get, get down to chapter 4, but I want to bring it out right now. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. There is an appointed time for all of us to be judged. Would you agree? But let's keep it within the context of the church. Judge nothing before it's appointed time. You see, I think it's unfair and it's even unwise for us to compare and contrast ministries or churches. I think that's unwise. I I think it's unfair. I think it's unwise. I, I think it's not wisdom for us to look at our church and compare it to another church. Or look at another church and compare it against our church. Paul says, judge nothing before the appointed time. You see, to do that would be almost like taking your third grader and judging your third grader against your high school senior. May not mean much difference there. Your third grader to your... No, just kidding. You know, taking your third grader and judging that against someone that just graduated college. There's going to be a, a vast difference in those two. Does that mean the third grader at where he is is wrong? No. He's still growing. It's not ready. It's not done yet. And guys, listen. Our church, in contrast and comparison to other some other ministries that are older and more mature, yeah, we're going to look, oh man, we got so much work to do and we're so far off track. Da, da, da. It's unwise to do that. I mean, God is building this church. And we've got to be patient. Now, we've got to be sure we're using the right material. We've got to be sure that we're building on the Word of God, the doctrines of God's Word. We've got to be sure we're building on the proper foundation, which is Jesus Christ. But now we're just in a maturing process. We're in a growing process. And it just takes time. And those that know me well know that one of my biggest weaknesses is is patience. And I try not to pray for that because I know how we get it through tribulation, work of patience. I understand that. But a lot of times we just got to sit back and we just got to wait on the Lord and allow him to mature. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll be frustrated. I'll be in my office and I'll say, God, I, I wish. You ever go to God and say, I wish? I do. God, I wish I had a spiritual wand that I could just wave over the entire church and everybody grow up and be spiritually mature. I mean, that's not how it works though, is it? It's, it's a building process. It's a working process and we just got to be patient. So just let me say this. Don't get into the comparison game. Don't judge anything before it's time. Don't do that. 
that's an injustice to you. It's an injustice to our ministry. It's injustice to our church. It's unwise. Now, I think we can judge to the Word of God, and we need to be looking for the right fruit. You know, we can be fruit inspectors, but I'm talking about comparing ministries to ministries. Let's, let's just don't fall into that, into that trap, okay? So we got to build on the right foundation. We got to build with the right materials. It's 1015, and I got to stop. We're going to talk about building according to the right plan in verse 18 through 20. We're going to talk building with the right motive in verse 21 through 23. We'll come back and unpack those two uh, next Sunday, okay? So let's, let's take heed that our foundation is built on Jesus Christ. Our church, our families, our individual lives, that they're built on Jesus Christ. And let's take heed that we're using the right material. And what is the right material? It's going to be the doctrines of the Word of God. Those precious stones, those the gold and the silver and, and the precious stones and wisdom that comes from God. We need to search that out and build with the right, right materials, okay? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together and our time to study your word and, and to glean uh, some from, from your word. God, I thank you for that. I pray, God, that you would help us to continue. Lord, I believe we're building on the right foundation. As we have tried our very best to exalt Christ and lift him up and, and place him at the very core of our being and our church and our ministry. And, and God, our foundation is built on Jesus Christ. And help us, God, to continue to build on that. And help us, Lord, to take heed to our own lives and our own areas of ministry that we build on that foundation and that foundation alone and not on the personalities of, of men or women or, or families, but that we build on Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to be careful with our materials. Help us, God, to be careful that we're, we're building with the doctrine of the Word of God and not with the latest scheme or fashion or style or whatever that may come through, that we're building on Your Word. We're building on the doctrines of Your Word. I pray, God, You'd bless our church. I ask Your blessings on each family that's here. And I pray, God, You'd help us, Lord, to, uh, to continue to bring honor and glory to You in and through our lives and in and through our church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.